birthday. This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, greetings, everybody, and welcome back to a very special Christmas edition of the RC Roundtable. And joining me, as usual, is the northerner, Terry Dunn. Jingle, jingle, all the way. And the fellow southerner, Lee Ray. <laughs> Hello. Can't outdo Terry. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> what about one of those show tunes, man? How, how long have you been rehearsing that? I, I just it <laughs> popped in my head. Must be the thin air up here. Well, we did we did get a uh, cold front come through today, so. Ooh, what, it get down to 60? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my knees are shivering. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to wrap your pipes, Lee. It's down uh, to 60 degrees. Down to 60. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this is uh, going to be our last show for the year, and uh, we look upon a really good year for the podcast. I think we had some great guests, some good times, some fun ribbing, uh, and you know, as usual, we look back in the year, and and with the good comes the bad, and we, we sometimes reminisce about some of the people we've lost, and I know, Lee, you've, uh, you lost a really good friend of yours recently. I did. If you guys uh, have been keeping up with the podcast... A gentleman got me into sailing last year. His name is Chuck Porth, and I've I've talked uh, often about him. I've posted photos of him sailing uh, over here at our pond, and unfortunately, he uh, he succumbed to uh, uh, COPD. And uh, I've I've been blessed to have been with him uh, for the past several weeks to go visit with him and chat with him and and learn more from him as much as I could. And and he passed away Monday morning. I was supposed to go see him too, so it was kind of a kind of a shock. But uh, we had his funeral yesterday. It was really nice. Uh, I was asked by the family to to give a little personal uh, story or two, and I really <laughs> and I, I mean this in a fun way. You know, my relationship with Chuck was RC and and boating. So not many of the crowd there, because a lot of them were from his church or some of his gardening friends. Uh, they they didn't get it, <laughs> so there was a there was a row of his boating friends <laughs> that I kept looking at, going, "This is for you," you know. And I saw them chuckling, and other people were like, "What Bowsy? What is a Bowsy? What is a what is a jib?" You know. <laughs> and so, um, and you know, they 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 enjoyed it, and they you know Chuck had his isms uh, at the uh, at the regattas and stuff. He was he was very competitive, uh, but I'm I'm blessed to say that I have several of his boats and. What was really nice, this kind of caught me off by surprise, but Susan, his daughter, who, by the way, is a really good friend of my wife. They've been friends since they were kids, and I don't know if you guys knew the story, but I didn't know Chuck when I first met him at best. I'm sure I told it in one of the previous episodes, but, you know, Chuck, Chuck met me at best one year at the at a table, and we would just start talking and exchange names and phone numbers, and then several weeks later, Susan calls Cindy and says, did you know that my dad was talking to your husband? <laughs> and we just didn't, we didn't catch it. So uh, it was just a funny uh, get together. So, uh, but she called me uh, when she asked for the stories and said, do you mind bringing one of his boats? And I happen to have, because he gave it to me, his first RC sailboat, which is a Thunder Tiger Victoria. Are you familiar with that one, Fitz? Uh, I think I've seen it, but I can't remember. 
Well, Thunder Tiger's pretty famous for having hulls that a lot of people take and, and you know, rig up. And the Victoria is one of the most popular. So you, you it's kind of like a dragon, too. You get the dragon hull and then you change the sails out and stuff. So anyway, he gave me his first uh, his first boat. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I had, uh, I don't want to say blown off steam, but uh, on this episode or just with my neighbor, Steve. But, you know, when I got the boat, it needed a lot of work. <laughs> All the servos were dead and uh, corroded and the switches were gone. So I I ripped out all the electronics and put in all new stuff and new gear. So uh, it was just neat to see that on display. And a lot of people appreciated that. And I was I was also touched that the family used some of the photos I took of Chuck at our last regatta uh, for the slideshow. So anyway, uh, Chuck, love you, man. I, I hope I can pass on uh, your your learnings to my kids and and uh, pay it forward like you wanted to do, which is uh, get more people involved. And I can tell you right now, you you suckered my neighbor Steve. He is in this hobby, <laughs> everything. <laughs> and in fact, he he came home after the he went with me to the funeral. I mean, I I love my my neighbor Steve, and uh, he went sailing uh, when he came home just to to have a little tribute for Chuck. So we're both heading out tomorrow to uh, Bridgeland. They're having another regatta and. Uh, the guys there, a great group of guys, said, come on, guys, just bring your boats. Don't worry about it. You know, for racing, bring Chuck's boat, bring some dragons, and let's just have a good time. Wow. That sounds great. I'm sorry for your loss, but it sounds like uh, he was a remarkable character and uh, will leave a lasting memory. He will. And I'll I'll post some more photos, and I'm hoping uh, we'll set up a uh, Chuck Porth Memorial Regatta someday, and I'll certainly invite you Fitz because I think you'd love to be part of that these guys are really neat yeah yeah definitely yeah on a more happier note uh, I had a chance to go to an open house of sorts there's a local company that is a manufacturer of 3d printers but not just any 3d printers these are really big 3d printers uh, they can print small furniture these they're known <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the companies call it RE3D or RE3D, and they make a series of printers called the Gigabots. Uh, and these are really big. I think the smallest is something like 24 by 24 by 24 inch print bed. So are they meant for home use or more manufacturing type stuff? This is more for company manufacturing, uh, prototyping. You can certainly buy one if you want, but they're not the cheapest things in the world. So um, you got to have a real need. They're overkill for home use, but you certainly can. Uh, but I think they gear more towards uh, schools, universities, manufacturers, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, they sold worldwide. And uh, I've come across actually um, uh, pretty friendly with the one of the co-owners, um, Matt Felder. And I see him all the time at different shows and events and stuff. And I've talked to him a bunch of times. And a uh, really nice guy. And they were at a small location in a building I actually used to work at. And they were sort of on the, in the corner, almost, you'd have to know they're there to, need to even know they're there kind of thing. Uh, and they recently moved to a much larger location. And so they had an open house of sorts for a, a small group of us. And they showed us around. And it was a really impressive setup. Uh, these guys, uh, they're real busy. They're working on even bigger printers. Uh, they had one there, I think, um, it's pushing four foot by four foot, uh, no, three foot by three foot, excuse me. Uh, that's still huge. No, actually they have, they have a new version that's, I think two by two by three foot and they are working on a prototype that's four foot by four foot by four foot, if that makes any sense. 
So when you have a printer with that big of a volume, what's the spool of material like? Big. <laughs> <laughs> like a telephone wire kind yeah, of Yeah, well, they, they do use, they, most of the home printers use 1.75 millimeter uh, diameter filament. And these printers use 3 millimeter diameter filament. And uh, they had they had talked about uh, there's filament you can get up to six millimeter apparently, but they were saying that's kind of hard to find, so they kind of stuck with three. Uh, but they do use larger nozzles for the most part; uh, otherwise, you'd be printing forever. Uh, do you lose precision or resolution, whatever you call it? You do use some resolution, and you have some control of that. You can certainly print at a higher resolution, but when you print such a large volume, it's going to take days to print something and they've done that i think they said they had a print that was something like 150 hours or something like that uh, that they've done uh so it depends on what you're doing if you just need something big just to get a feel for what it'll look like then you can use a rather coarse resolution which means a a bigger nozzle to save time Uh, but they certainly had things there that were pretty fine resolution uh and it's neat to go around because they have all kinds of stuff hanging around that they've test printed Apparently, uh, the co-owner is likes airplanes, so he he had a, a nice little desk model of a, a, a Japanese Zero, and uh, you probably saw some of the pictures I had. He had printed the P thirty eight and the P fifty one from the same people I printed my planes from. But what he did is he instead of printing it in you know a dozen or so pieces, he pre-assembled some of the pieces in the software, and it, so he could only needed to print less than half as many pieces on a big printer. So it came out a little smoother, and it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, I meant to ask about that. Uh, my assumption was that the number of pieces in those kits was due to whatever limitations there are to printing, not necessarily the volume of the printer itself. Correct. It's, it's designed for most people to use their home printer, so most home printers are pretty small, uh, usually 10 inches or less and for build volume. Uh, so it was designed for that. So it's broken up to a whole bunch of pieces. Like the P38, it's got a whole bunch of little pieces that you got to print out and assemble like a puzzle. But since he has these large printers, he can do the whole thing in only you know less than a half a dozen pieces. You can do one wing. You can do the wing in two pieces, and then the you know the the uh, nacelles in two pieces, stuff like that. You know, and really low parts count. They look good. Yeah. And uh, it was neat that they had, you know, I was looking out, I was sitting down, and I looked down, and I see a trash can, and the whole trash can was 3D printed. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting carried away. Yeah. The guy's like, yeah, we just kind of think of different things to print out and kind of goof around. And so they had this multicolored trash can that was 3D printed. Uh, you saw the Stormtrooper helmet that was all 3D printed that I put on. Right. Uh, on the wall was a boat propeller, a full-size boat propeller that I was kind of intrigued with. I was like, I wonder if this would actually really work on a boat. Uh, it sounds like the time I let my kids use the label maker. They just went and labeled everything. <laughs> Sink. Door. <laughs> pencil. Yeah, the interesting thing is the projects that people ask them to print. You know, They had uh, a half a skeleton that they had printed. Uh, some, some sort of uh, Greek pillars or something that they had started printing at two-thirds scale or something. They get all kind of goofy stuff. So it was a great uh, visit, and uh, I was really appreciative that they let us in and show us around. It's a fun place. Did you bring us back stuff? I'm hoping that P-38 is on its way to my house right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to stay friends with these guys. I don't want to start 
grabbing their stuff. <laughs> actually, um, he actually intends to fly it. They were saying that the the guy was eventually going to put some electronics in it and fly him around. How funny! Because I was intending to fly it too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Lee can be the the missing piece of that equation. Mm. Do they are they into RC or is they just not? Do they know what they're getting into or not? I don't know. It was news to me. So I had to talk. To, I was going to ping one of the guys and say, you know, do you know what you're doing? Because <laughs> if you don't, Lee does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we offer free assistance. <laughs> we'll fly for 3D prints, large 3D prints. <laughs> oh, one, so, one, other, one other thing I saw was the engine blocks. You can print basically uh, four-cylinder engine blocks in this thing. Like uh, for... But, Moving models, or no, like say you wanted to print like a Toyota or Subaru engine, you can basically print one up in these things as a mock-up or something, or for right. for industri- uh, instructional purposes. But do the parts move? Yeah, yeah. There's a guy that make one. I think it does move. Have moving parts in it. Oh, he, 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 he drew one up, and it's got the working parts. Yeah. So you need to make like uh, an old rotary or something. Ooh, that, that's your project. You mean like a Winkle engine, or are you talking about like a... No, a, no, not Winkle. Like radial. A, a Lerone or something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. That kind of rotary. Yeah. Huh. I was just thinking, you said you had an engine there, but I wonder if 3D printing would make it much easier to do cutaways. That's you know? good. Because yeah. actually, they have to do cutaways. This way, you actually just design it and print it. And I bet you could. Be- That's a fascinating question. So rather than removing material, you just say, don't print Don't print that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can do that in CAD. Erase. <laughs> That's usually pretty easy in CAD. You say you want to make, you, you draw the part and you want to make a cutaway. You can just put a block in and do a kind of a, just cut cut away, literally cut it away or do a I, reverse extrusion or something. I mean, you can do that for a lot of things. So. Yeah. Not just engines, although those are usually the most popular, but yeah. Hmm. There you go. Tell them to start doing some cutaway projects. I bet they jump on that. Oh, yeah. Schools will probably love that. But anyway, so you, you can see what but they have. But don't do a cutaway on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still doing furniture or something like that. <laughs> this is the three-legged chair. <laughs> well, anyways, that was uh, it's re3d.org. You can visit their website and take a look what they have. So you guys are aware that I know a few people in the RC business and I got an email from one of them the other day and it had a link to an article about the FCC fining um, a a company for uh, basically for breaking the law blatantly with FPV gear. I sent you guys that link. Have you, have you read that? I did. Yeah. And, it wasn't when you read the the accusations, and I guess they're not even accusations at this point, right? The company has admitted to it, and it's just a matter of how hard they get spanked by the FCC. Um, it's Lumineer, and I don't know what other subsidiaries or parent companies or whatever they have, but apparently they were selling uh, video transmitters that were not certified by the FCC. And not only that, they were doing them, they were selling units that operated outside of the handband. And both of those are no-no. So, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> just, just a little and, bit. And some of the bands that they were operating in coincided with uh, what uh, air traffic control and emergency. Uh, yeah, they said uh, uh, government and uh, aviation channels, which really caught my attention. And I was like, why? Well, that there's no excuse for that. Yeah, and and that can be even dangerous for if it's a navigational aid or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I don't know what the origin of all that was, but I just thought it was very interesting that you know a company in the U.S. was engaging in that. You would assume that they were aware of it at the time and just hoping they'd get away with it, but what little I know about the ham community, and all three of us have our amateur license, correct? Yeah. So I only got it for FPV, so I don't mess around with any of the other stuff. But from what I understand, they're very good at self-policing, and I don't know if that's how this came about or not, but they they got got. <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, yeah, the, the hand community is very good at, at finding people who are violating. Once they, um, uh, they suspect somebody's violating something, they can uh, triangulate on you and, and find out what's, what's the story. Well, they weren't transmit. They didn't get fine for transmitting it was just selling this stuff and i i don't know all the ins and outs of it but apparently i guess you don't have to have stuff that's certified by the fcc but if it's not then it has to be within the ham bands for people to operate and it has to be less than one watt and they were selling stuff that transmits more than one watt and who the heck needs more than one watt for a video transmitter yeah, that's a lot of power. that is a lot of power. I want more than one. <laughs> Give me three. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been that they uh, they ran a test on it, and then somebody may have suspected that it was putting up more power than advertised, and so they uh, put a, a power meter on it and saw that it spiked the thing at one watt or more than one watt. It's... Yeah, I don't know if they were causing interference with some of these other applications, and that led to it, or what that. The genesis of the thing is unclear to me, but you know they did get caught and had a pretty hefty fine. What was it, one hundred eighty thousand dollars? Yeah, it was not a small uh, amount of money. So for especially yeah, for a small company, not a slap on the wrist. No, I no. assume there's there's also some sort of plan going forward that they have to prove that they're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, I was surprised when he said they were interfering on you know aircraft frequencies. It's like FPV typically isn't anywhere near aircraft frequencies, uh, except for maybe the stuff in the one gigahertz, uh, which I didn't think was all that popular. Um, isn't there some one point two gigahertz stuff? I think there is the long uh, range. It might be. I know the nine hundred megahertz is pretty popular because I have some of that. But uh, one point two sounds familiar. I think there. Are, I know people are probably screaming at their uh, radios right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like it's one um, So yeah, from what I remember, it was one point something, and there are some aviation frequencies that are on that band. So that's probably what it, what was the culprit. But hmm. I mean, it, I have no hard feelings towards. Lumineer, just because, you know, again, I'm, I feel separated enough from this that I'm not passionate about it. But in one sense, I'm glad they got caught. And the other sense, I, I wonder what the heck were they thinking? I, I don't know. Either it was sloppy engineering or, um, or something. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say. You would hope it's ignorance rather than malicious intent, but who knows? Hmm. 
Well, it's good they they were determined and caught, and so you know we, the, the last thing we need is more bad press with the, the drones and FPV uh, equipment. So it's good. Uh, hopefully, they'll learn their lesson, and other companies will learn lesson as well. Yeah, and I it begs the question for me that I've always wondered. I wonder what percentage of people who were flying FPV and operating this equipment actually bothered to get their their ham license. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know several people who have outside of you guys, but I, I don't know. Is you certainly don't have to to buy this stuff. Are we going to start seeing the FAA and the FCC getting out of the same car at the flight line, <laughs> <laughs> walking hand in hand? The black suburban, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Demanding your FAA and FCC license. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, I've just always been curious what that percentage might be. Hmm. Oh, anyway, a, a side thing. I I got a side benefit of getting a ham license is I was able. I'm now able to use the um, the open LRS systems, which operate in a 400 megahertz band, and uh, that's been particularly useful for my model submarines. Because it penetrates water. It penetrates water, and I still have much smaller antenna, so I don't have a large antenna like uh, you have with the 72 megahertz stuff or 75. Uh, so it's nice that it's it's almost like having 2.4 gigahertz because uh, can you can do channel hopping with it as well and nice small antennas and it still penetrates the water. So is this off the shelf equipment or do you have to build it yourself? It's off the shelf. They make modules that plug into your transmitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called Open LRS. Uh, I think there's a, a companion one. Um, what was it? Uh, Open UHF or something like that. UHF, I forgot the name, but yeah, they're available out there once you have your license because um, they operate. Those operate very much in the ham bands, and so there's certain things you need to do or be aware of when you operate in that band. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that existed. I thought you were using two point four. Nope, two point four does not work with submarines. It doesn't penetrate the water. Yeah, I remember. A couple of years, I volunteered at that um, underwater ROV competition that mm. they had. It, they host at NASA. Oh yeah, and some of those were using uh, wired controls, but some were using two point four at the pool. So I don't know what limitations they had. I don't know how it's that worked. Effective. <laughs> yeah. Unless they had like an antenna that floated on top of the water or something. I don't, I don't see how that. Yeah, worked. that could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, guys, it's the end of the year, and uh, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, it's Christmas, <laughs> your opening presents, and we'd love to hear what you got. But because we're recording right before Christmas, I'm going to ask my buddies, what is it they hope to to open up for Christmas, or if they get some nice gift certificates to their favorite local hobby shop from the ones they love, what are you going to buy yourself? Terry, what is it that you want for Christmas that's RC-related? Not peace on earth and all that jazz. We need we need RC stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a tough question. And it's got to be not for a project you're working on, not a review, but something that, you know, for an old vintage plane or something that uh, will help you finish uh, a, a long a long build that you've been working on for a long time. Oh, it's still a tough question. <sighs> 
Do I just buy what? you alcohol? <laughs> Help you get through this, the winter? <laughs> well, it's a tough question because, A, I get to play with a lot of different toys already. So I think my thirst is often quenched. And B, there's just so much cool stuff out there. How do you pick? And C, I have ADHD and I can never stay on the same topic more than a few minutes anyway. So, <laughs> what were we talking about? exciting right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, puppies! Yeah. Wait, do, well, do you need to think a little bit and I should just switch over to Fitz? Um, <laughs> or is Fitz well, going to give me the same lame excuse? So, well, let me put it this way. Rarely do I pine for a complete airplane. I mean, those are fun, but Usually, if I'm going to a hobby shop, my favorite kind of hobby shop to go to is one that's been there for 50 years, and there's crap lying all over the place and boxes, and you get to thumb through it and find old random stuff. Okay, so what so, I need to give you is a trip to Richard's house yes. <laughs> and give you, give you a coupon to, to pick out one thing. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Richard won't mind. <laughs> Just drop me off at a barn full of old hobby stuff and let me rummage through the boxes. Or new creations. There you go. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's close that's, by. Uh, that's the best old barn there is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so you're just gonna not so give me a my answer, answer is dusty old RC stuff. You mean like the stuff you threw away before you left for Buffalo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or let's put it a different way: something from the late '90s, something that was designed for electric in the late '90s that I can retrofit with modern electronics. Just fill in the blank however you wish. Okay. The late 90s, huh? Yeah. Back when, you know, when Speed 400s were popular and electronics were becoming practical, but you still had some really great stuff coming out of the Czech Republic for cheap, and it had to be designed to fly well on NICADs and brush motors, so now it's all the better. I'm trying to think of what Gropner kits from Hobby Lobby that would appease you. They had some neat foam stuff. They, they did. Remember the Terry, and didn't they have some sort of cub-like thing? cub like yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe I'll, you know what? I'll go check ways. I'll go check uh, Fitz's garage see if I can find something for you. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never miss it. <laughs> He'll never miss it. Yeah. All right, Fitz. Yes, I uh, will. How about you, buddy? Is there something that uh, you're hoping to get for Christmas or <laughs> something well, you I, bought yourself already? Every time I go to my garage, I look up, it's Christmas. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually did buy something for myself. I couldn't resist and and a couple of things, some stars are lined up, and I ended up buying that Raiden I was talking about last week. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Did you get it yet? No, not yet. I just talked to them a day or two ago, and you're going to send it out. So. Well, it's close enough. You should just go pick the thing up. Uh, no, well, yeah, free shipping, so why waste gas? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll oh awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I ended up getting a gift card, a really nice, substantial gift card. And I said, well, okay, that pushed me over the edge. And so I ordered that. And it turns out there's some guy on uh, RC groups that's selling scale landing gear for it for real cheap, the struts and things, with a, including a, apparently a retractable tailwheel. Uh, so, Is it pneumatic or electric? Uh, I think you had to add a servo. I think it's electric. Or, okay, mechanical. It's, it's mechanical. Um, okay. it, just for the tail. The main struts are just a strut, not the actual mechanical um, retract mechanism. Uh, does the kit come with anything like that? I, I don't think it does, no. That's all okay. separate. 
So it, it's a big bulbous thing. So uh, uh, you can 3D print some retracts. I <laughs> know they're not going to be strong enough. So that's, that was my own Christmas present to myself. We usually, the wife knows better than to try to get me any type of Christmas present. So uh, kind of like Terry, I don't really look for much. The whole year is kind of, I get, I get to play with all kind of neat toys. So uh, that Raiden, I don't know when I'll get around to building it. Uh, I got a few other things in the queue. So, but since it's going to be not made anymore, I'm also get it now while I can and play with it later. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird in Japanese. I think it might skip a few spots in, in your lineup. Yeah, I always, uh, I've, I've known about that plane for quite a long time. That was the, the um, that plane was designed by the same guy who designed the Mitsubishi Zero. The Jiro Hirokoshi. And, but it was for a different role where this, where the Zero was meant for maneuverability. Uh, this one was designed for, as an interceptor. So basically it's kind of like a GB. You throw a big engine in a small plane and the thing uh, would climb like the devil to intercept uh, allied bombers. And, and I think it pretty much outclimbed anything that we had during the war. Uh, oh. That is when the engine was running well. Correct. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, it's got. Speaking it's, of the engine, do, do you know what you're going to need for this thing? Well, it calls for a 50 cc gas, uh, and so far I'm inclined to make it electric. So I'll have to find a 50 cc equivalent electric motor. And there are actually are a few. So yeah, it's so uh, I think I'm going to go electric with it. So Fitz, how big is this airplane? Uh, it's 80 inch wingspan. Okay, which. I guess sounds big anyway, but 80 inch on this guy it must be a fuselage like a, a wine barrel. Yeah, it's got this big bulbous fuselage, so the wings look kind of smallish compared to the fuselage. Uh, so I can't remember how long it is, but it is an 80 inch, and I already have an 80 inch zero and an 80 inch was it the BV 141 that I fly. So, oh, right. so I got a couple of big scale electrics I've already flown. So I got an idea of what kind of power it'll need. But it'll need, apparently, you know, I guess a big prop because it's got such a big bulbous fuselage. So, um, But uh, I'll probably um, uh, use a 16-cell setup. No, 12-cell, excuse me, 12-cell setup. Well, that answered your question, Lee. <laughs> yes, it did. Do you want to ask it? Do you want to ask no, it? Go ahead. Okay. You're just like... How did how did they know to ask that question? <laughs> it wasn't like Lee said anything that I didn't step over. <laughs> yes, that's um, okay. Twelve cells, got it. That's wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. You want to ask it? <laughs> no. Ask him how many rivets. <laughs> how, many, how many rivets are you putting in, buddy? By hand. <laughs> are they actual rivets? <laughs> <laughs> Micro rivets. <laughs> Congratulations. I was looking at all the ESM stuff, and I was like, I'm not sure what I'd want to buy. It's... And they were all nice planes, and I was looking at that Sky Raider. Uh, that's something that my dad loved. Mm. That was one of his favorite planes, but you know, it's 400 plus, and there's no gear. You know, it's, it... I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's just like, wow, that's a, that's a big investment. And I'm... Yeah, it's not really impulse buys there. No, no. You know, and I, I, I sat and thought about it. Would you like to it. add this, this Sky Raider to your checkout? <laughs> <laughs> One click button? Yeah. 
<laughs> People who have bought this fuel tubing also buy the ESM Skyraider. Would you like to add that to your order? <laughs> Put those next to the cash register. <laughs> yeah, I, I plan on some inventory reduction sales come in the spring myself, so that helped justify the cost too. Sure. <laughs> no, it's true. He's, he's selling blood. <laughs> you only need one kidney, Let's hope right? that's all he's selling. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do an exchange for kidney and DLE? Fifty CC. Yeah, that's, t- that's tempting. <laughs> Just go gas. <laughs> All right, Lee. What about you? I want to go gas for that uh, Corsair that I've got here. I've got that type top flight Corsair uh, sixty, which is you know a ninety sized engine, but I'm thinking of going twenty CC. Been looking for a while, so I've been. Sniffing out deals on RC groups and trying to find other places to get me a gas engine. So I'm stuck between two choices right now. That's the DLE 20 or the Evolution 15 or 20. So what's the deciding factor here? Uh, money availability. I want to spend as least amount of money as possible because I'd like to get the retracts for this thing. So again, it's just money. It just keeps adding. Without sharing the number, do you have a magic number that say when I find one for X amount, you're pulling the trigger? Yeah, well, what what gets me is like, uh, I'm sure Fitz has been through this before because I know he is an RC group uh, classified fanatic because I remember one podcast, like maybe last year or, or so, he was talking about when he travels, he changes his location to wherever he is <laughs> so we can see if there are any deals where he is. <laughs> so you know he's he's vested in this hobby if he keeps like, okay, I'm here now. What's what's here? What's nearby? <laughs> what products are in Anchorage, Alaska? All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. Who's selling so, stuff? Well, I kid you not, there was a guy here in Houston that had like a, an Evolution 20. And I think he was just, I mean, he was giving it away for like 180 bucks. And I mean, it was like the sale went on that day. It was like an hour ago and it was already sold. And I and I wish I could have sent comments, you know, because once they sell it, it's, the comments are closed. But I wanted mm. to say, gosh, you know, <laughs> damn you. Well, ha- have you done a one dad? <laughs> oh, I did. because, uh, And I thought I was getting a bigger size. Uh, so people did respond to that. But that kind of talked me back down to going 20. I was uh, originally looking at a Zenoa 26, but went down to 20. Yeah, too big. 20, 26. <laughs> oh, yeah. 26 is too big. This guy... It was nice. This guy who responded to my one ad said, no, you really don't want that one. You want the 20. And But I was going back and forth between Zenoa DLE and Evolution, and uh, I I really can't. I mean, there's just everybody's up and down on pros and cons. But my, my Christmas wish for myself is to get one because I, I wouldn't mind getting this Corsair put together. Although, I, yes, I still love the H&M performance. You know, it's it's electric. I, I really enjoy flying it. I I would like to get into gas. I'd like to talk to Fitz about his gas plane, but I'm sure we'll have to wait for the review to come out. Um, but, you know, I've I've never ventured into that before, and I want that noise, you know. <laughs> I want to join my Texas Warbird pilots and, and make some noise out there. Not like Fitz flying his, his zero, like you couldn't hear it. <laughs> it's silent death. Be, yeah, the silent death. There you go. I want to be screaming death. There you go. <laughs> well, it makes sound systems. Put a big speaker in there and... Have at it. Yeah. Just just give everybody headsets. Okay, pretend. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. play this music. <laughs> Where's this headset? Where are these headphones while I fly? <laughs> <laughs> now, is yours broken in yet, Fitz? Uh, uh, it's half broken in. Uh, according to the manual, they, they say not to completely break it in on the ground, to do partial break in on the ground and partial while you fly it. So 
Um, as a matter of fact, we plan on flying it tomorrow. Fun. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Good. Have fun. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I have, but I I did get some stocking stuffers for the Corsair. I did get some high tech servos. I did find a couple of good, couple of good deals on RC groups for the servos for it. So that's the the package I'm putting together. I mean, of course. Do you plan on building it over the holidays? Oh no no no! Just something. Just if I start getting all the parts, I'll do that. Like like right now, what I'm working on is because like you know I was working on that Cessna. I'm you know the the 150 is still on oh, my table. Oh yeah yeah. But I blame Tony for what's happening to me now. <laughs> you guys have gotten pictures. I'm, I'm going to post them up, uh, hopefully, on our, our page. But Tony, our previous guest? Yes, Tony Arcuso. He um, was talking about that uh, you know, half-A stuff he does over at Small and how, he, how vested he is in the cocks and stuff. So I used to have a little airboat called a Sterling Puddle Jumper. Oh, yeah. I had one. I loved it and used to take it to uh, a lake where we had our boat and I would just sit there and, and run it in you know, the marina. And I have oh a... Oh my gosh, that was so loud. It was. I, and somewhere, I was just thinking, somewhere I have a video of my dad with me doing it and I'm about the same age as Austin, so I would love to get it and, and show these guys. But I love this little thing. I had a great uh, RCB, an Cox RCB uh, find out it's kind of vintage. It came out in 1979. And no fits. You said that looks kind of different shape because it's die cast. Mm. And yeah. uh, it's it's in pretty good shape. T- today, I uh, soaked it in some Marvel Mr. Oil. I started cleaning it up. I was able to get the, the piston to move. So cleaned up a lot of gunk and ordered some parts from Cox International. Um, they have an eBay account and there's a lot of stuff out there. So I just grabbed everything off of eBay. And so it'll, it'd probably take a while. They're from... They're out of Canada, so maybe yeah. be next month. But obviously, there's no rush since Small's in what June. But mm. I've I here I am working on an 049 motor. It's like wow, have not uh, played with glow stuff in quite some time, and now I've got a, a motor spread out on my workbench that I'm working on. It's it's actually fun. And like today, I sent uh, a text to Terry and Fitz that uh, is going through my stuff and. I found a, a a replacement head for it too that my dad had bought. So it's just kind of neat, you know, it's coming together. That's and cool. uh, the goal here is to build a Cox 049 Thunder and Lightning. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm in that now. So we'll see how that turns out. It's going to have to be a little smaller, obviously. Yeah, that was my next no. question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. Not if I'm building it out of balsa and covering it. It's going to be too no. heavy. It only, it only turns a 6.4 prop. Yeah. Control line or RC? RC. Okay. It'll be fine. Thanks. Thanks, Fitz. You were, <laughs> Fitz was on the same page with me. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. It's R, It's an RC Cox motor, so I've got to figure out where to throw the, the throttle servo. Uh, oh, it does have throttle. Did your airboat have throttle? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's going to say that could be a little dicey driving on the harbor with no throttle. throttle. Yeah, it's really neat. If I remember correctly, those Cox ones, the throttle was exhaust throttle. It right? is. It's yeah. exhaust throttle. So anyway, there's my my workbench too. I just snuck that in there. But I bought myself some some parts <laughs> for my 049. Aren't there like six parts on a whole 049? <laughs> no, there's a lot. I actually bought a whole tune-up kit too. So, but I've I've never tuned this motor up. So it's like I hope I didn't like you know 
don't fix it if it ain't broke kind of in mentality. But I figured, well, maybe it was time to mm. to get some new parts. So they, they make a like a piston realignment tool too, or something. <laughs> oh my god! That's yeah, like they overkill. do. <laughs> yeah, like, right, if if it, if I had to buy the alignment tool, I'm just gonna go buy or borrow <laughs> a <laughs> Ford motor. Sure, I can go to to Randy's Hobbies and have someone who just brings in a box of old stuff and just dig one out the mm. bottom. Did, do you know that the, the Cox International they have their a, a forum? By the way, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's actually pretty nice. They got a nice, real nice group of guys in a message forum, and they're always you always see guys pulling out old engines and running them up and you know, talking about that kind of stuff. So it's probably worth your time to poke around the forum just just to get a taste of what they some of the other vintage guys uh, do with their engines. Well, do and if anybody is listening to the the podcast right now, and if you are a you know Cox pilot and you want to share some motors or stories with us, please do. Send us a message and or send us pictures. I'm going to post some line of the of the motor right now as in pieces, but uh, I'll certainly update everybody uh, once I got it running on a test stand. And Fitz, don't you make half a fuel? Yes, I do. All right, there you go. I've already I've already uh, put in a call to Fitz for that. So as, soon as I get the <laughs> yeah. parts in on a test stand, I'll I'll be calling him. Well, hope you get it running. That sounds cool. Me too. Is it going to be standard rotation? Excuse me? Well, th- they could run either way, right? Well, it's going to be tractor, so... Okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, you said you're going to cover your funder lining? You sure you need to cover it? That sounds like extra, extra well, weight. I'm gonna, well, I figured... <laughs> He's building it out of balsa, so... I'm picking a balsa. Oh, balsa? You not foam? The ribs don't generate much lift by themselves. No, no, no. Uh, okay, okay. I, I, I rest my case. I'll... I'll I, 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 I suppose you're going to send us pictures as you're building this thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be a built-up wing or just plank? No, it'll be plank. I'm oh, gonna... man. No. Why? Why? I'm just going to do a thunder and lightning just as it Transparent is. Transparent covering. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you you're know, squashing hey, my dreams, hey, man. Hey, Terry, you build that one. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you, you can show me off if you want. Say, Lee didn't do it, so I had to. <laughs> Don't tempt me. No, but I just, I want to get it to fly. So, you know, and I'd, I'd sure like to do some testing before uh, small. Uh, are you, are you going to cut out some sections that you're covering it, at least? On the wing? Cut. Probably the... not. <laughs> are you regretting Why? telling us about this yet? <laughs> I do regret now. <laughs> I should have just built it and said, here you go, it flies. Shut your, up. De- your design sucks. Start well, over. When you said it, this image popped in my brain, and you keep saying things that don't fit my image. <laughs> so sorry. Well, Terry, you didn't, you didn't tell me your Christmas wish list like I'd hoped, so we're even. Fine. <laughs> I don't need anything. I'm it just wouldn't so be Christmas be if it wasn't full of disappointment and misery. <laughs> your heart is two sizes too small. all right well i hope i hope uh, everybody's having a wonderful holiday season uh if you if you're celebrating christmas and santa's dropped things off i hope you got what you wanted if you if you got some really cool stuff and you want to share photos please uh put them on our our podcast page we will be happy to share them with everybody and and if i get surprised by something that uh i haven't asked for any planes from my family. I just said, you know, I'll just send me gift cards to Randy's. That's good for me. I can get parts and supplies, um, you know, getting the stuff that I'm like, I've bought now to, to do my Corsair and that, uh, that thunder and lightning that Terry and Fitz will never love. Uh, I'm good. But, I can you know, learn to love it. But <laughs> if, if I get some planes, I will certainly 
uh, share them with you. I mean, I'm still happy that last Christmas, last year's Christmas gift for me has been the tiger cat, and I still need to go stretch its wings some more. Has it been a year since you got that thing? Uh, I got it after Christmas. Remember, she just gave me a, a note because they were sold out. Oh, right. But that was a huge, I mean, bless my wife. She got me a tiger cat for Christmas last year. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, that was yeah, a nice Keep gift. that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a keeper. So, and by the way, we don't discriminate. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you got. Life day. Yeah. We wish you the best one. All right. Well, well said, Terry. And uh, it's been a wonderful year and fantastic uh, joining with you guys every couple of weeks. And I just want to wish everybody, our listeners and you guys, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.